How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of the League of Ireland Zone podcast. I'm Jamie, and I'm joined by Jonathan. What's the story, Jonathan? How are things going? I am good, yeah. I'm good, yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. So, obviously, today, we haven't got Dylan Willis, and he wasn't able to jump on the call today. So, you know, me and you will have to steer the ship by ourselves this time. So, um... <laughs> This um, episode this week, guys, we're going to split it in two. So we're going to do our usual where we talk about team of the week. We're going to preview the upcoming games and sort of touch on the games that happened last week, as well as talking about the Sligo Stadium proposal. And then that's one part of the show. And in the second part of the show, um, we've actually managed to get an interview with Kyle Cook. He's the Waterford under-19s goalkeeper. Um, very promising goalkeeper. As you guys know, Waterford had a bit of a COVID-19 outbreak in a couple of weeks, or last couple of weeks, actually. So um, he got a chance to play senior football against Trotter. So I'm sure he'll have a lot to talk about when it comes to playing senior football with an under-19 squad. And um, as well, guys, Kyle is pretty big on social medias. So um, I'm sure he'd appreciate a follow or whatever. So I think his name on all the socials is just Kyle Cook. Um, he does Day in the Life videos. So basically, it's like a 60-second clip of what's happened in his day, I suppose, which is usually, you know, a amount of training and sometimes going to match days and that sort of thing. So we really, you know, post some good content. It's a great little insight for anyone that wants to know what an underage League of Ireland player gets up to in his day. So, yeah, definitely recommend it. And we'll be delighted to join him for the second part of the show. So um, now, League of Ireland talk. Senior League of Ireland talk, I should say. Um, we're going to the Sligo Rovers uh, sort of stadium proposal first. So, Jonathan, have you heard anything about this? Yeah, I was listening to it on the radio this morning. I think it's a great idea for the community up in Sligo because as well as a new stadium, they've also, I think they're saying they're building an academy and I think for other sports as well. So it's not like it's just for Sligo Rovers, it's for the whole community up there. And I think it'll make a great impact to the people yeah. around them to go into games. Yeah, Sligo do great work for the town, don't they? They're really good with uh, engaging yeah. the community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that they proposed, so it's a 6,000 seater stadium. Um, I think they want to build it by their centurion year. So it would be 100 years since the club was founded. And that would, I think it would be 2028 they want to have it done by. So... Obviously, a beautiful stadium, but another interesting thing that they want to have is they want to have a football museum for the football club of Sligo and the town of Sligo as a whole. I think that's a very good idea, actually. It hasn't really been done in the League of Ireland before, you could say. Like, I can't really think of any other club to have a really like big museum uh, paying tribute to the club. So that should be interesting to see how that works out. Because obviously, Sligo, you know, they have a lot of rich history over the last few years, especially, you know, 2010s, they had a great squad. You know, the likes of Joey and Doe, you know, Jim Bajilton, sorry, not Jim Bajilton, uh, Ian Barraclough, you know, obviously led them to a league title. Obviously, they won the cup as well, beating Drogheda with then Joey and Doe, quick free kick that everyone keeps on remembering years on. So, obviously, a lot of stuff in that museum to pay tribute to. Yeah. So, now we've touched on that. I think the best way to go about this, Jonathan, is if we just touch on last week's games quickly as we're going through our team of the week. You okay with that, Jonathan? Yeah. yeah. All right, all good. So, 
goalkeeper, John. Who's you went in goal? I have a feeling we might have went with the same goalkeeper because yeah, there seems to be one super keeper in goal last week. Yeah, I've gone with McGinley for Finn Harps. He played very well for Finn Harps against Dundalk in that draw. Thought he was unlucky to concede, but he was very good all round. Like he wasn't a, like very standout this week, but the rest weren't as good as him, so that's why I put him in. Yeah, definitely kept Finn Harps in the game in that second half when times were going a bit tough. Yeah, 100%. He's been doing it for years, to be fair. Maybe he's made a few mistakes so far this season, but, you know, he's constantly helped Finn Harps overachieve, whether that be staying up last season and obviously this season, you know, they're comfortable mid-table a quarter of the way through the season. So they definitely have a lot to thank to Mark McMilty? (laughs) McGinley. (laughs) So... Um, now, right back. Who's your right back? For me, it has to be James Brown of Drogheda. I thought he played very well against Pats. Up and down the pitch, he defended the left side of Pats very well and then he went on a good couple of good attacks and then he scored, actually. So I thought he deserved this vote. Yeah, just a bit of an outside show. First of all, I went with James Brown, but secondly... I think James Brown could possibly be the best player in the League of Ireland so far this season. I just think he really... Up there with him, Forster and Gibson, I'd say. Yeah, 100%. Like, for a right-back to impact his team's play this much is really unseen before. Like, I've never seen... Like, even at the top level, even in the Premier League, I can't remember seeing a right-back ever influencing play so much. It's absolutely crazy. He's like a a playmaker from right back who can also defend the winger. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm very surprised that Jota still have him, to be honest. I think next season they'll do very well to keep him. Like, yeah, even if Jota do have a, a good season, I think James Brown could be a player that fits into every single team in this league. I really do rate him that highly. I think he's very good. Ballon d'Or contender. Um, <laughs> maybe in a few years, you never know. Maybe. Um, all right, now two centre-backs. So, I'll go to you first, John. First centre-back. I've gone with two more draw-headed players. I've gone with Daniel O'Reilly and Dane Massey. Obviously, Dane Massey got that lovely free kick against Hearts. Very good goal for him. And then, it was just very well solid at the back as well. And really put a foot wrong. Then I've also gone with his teammate, Daniel O'Reilly. Thought he played very well, keeping the strikers out. Made a couple of mistakes, but like it was like not a costly one or anything so that's why they both got in yeah fair thought they were both amazing to be fair throughout the game I have fit Massey in Daniel O'Reilly I guess if I had another spot it would probably be Daniel O'Reilly so you can say he's sort of on the bench uh, <laughs> in case Owen Tall gets injured so I went with Owen Tall as my second centre-back yeah I think, that's fair enough um, all you said about Massey you know what a wand of a left foot what a free kick Top corner, Vitislav Jaros couldn't do a thing about it. Yeah, Jaros is a very tall keeper as well. Yeah, two great goals by Jaros, but anyway, I think I'll get onto that a bit later in the show. So, um, yeah, Massey 100%. I think Owen told then his ball progression was very good. Whenever he got in the ball for Derry, he'd um, constantly be moving into the space between the strikers and the, the sort of midfielders, you know, the likes of Graham Burke and Danny Mandrew. So, Definitely great game by Owen Tall, who probably has been inconsistent this season, I'd have to say. Uh, but then again, as a centre-back, it's hard to shine when your team 
probably didn't have the greatest start. So, all respect for Alan Tall for his performance against Shamrock Rovers last week. Mm. All right, now to your second fullback, your left back. Who you went with a left back, Jonathan? I've gone with Kane, the Bowes left back. Or sorry, Drodas, left yeah. back. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> It's another draw. It's actually a full draw to back four for me. Wow. I didn't expect that, but like considering <laughs> Sligo was called off, dude, there'd be more teams, I guess. Yeah. 100%. So he gets in as well. Played very well on the left side, and up and back like um, Brown did. I just thought he deserved it again. Yeah, fair. I guess you know, although it does seem like it's very draw decentralized, you know, if they played well, they deserve to be in the team. So yeah. 100%, I can see why you went with Connor Kane. Uh, I went for Tyreek Wilson at Sham- at Shamrock Rovers, <laughs> at both. Um, I thought, solid tread the whole game. Uh, constantly up and down that line. He, he offers Bose another tread, to be fair. I know Breslin probably feels hard done by to be left out of the squad week on week. And obviously Paddy Kirk was forced to leave to Longford, but... Tyreek Wilson just offers a calmness on the ball that you don't really see too many left-backs in this league out. I think a lot of that is due to the Manchester City Academy. You know, they really instill a good foundation of, like, you know, proper football on the ground, on the deck. Um, yeah, one and two for pass. You can see that players like Phil Foden nowadays in the prime. Mm, yeah, 100%. Like... You see it for a lot of the English players to come over, like even the likes of Vitzel Jarrett, who's even a goalkeeper. Like he's probably better with his feet than a lot of outfielders in this league. And that's no disrespect to the outfielders. It just shows how these academies in England value playing good football. So yeah, hundred percent. His calm presence on the ball for such a young player is something that I haven't seen in a long time. So yeah, definitely. So a bit of a disagreement there. You went with a full draw to back four. I went with two draw to players. And then Ong Tall and Tyre Wilson. All right, now, midfield. Um, three midfielders. So, give me one of your midfielders. Probably like the deepest midfielder, if you okay. have one of them. <laughs> um, assuming I write uh, Gary Buckley of Bohemians. Uh, he is he's a holding midfielder, am I right in saying that? Yeah, Yeah, you can definitely yeah. do that role. Yeah, so I've gone with him anyway. For team week, thought he played very well at the weekend. Like overall, he just was controlling the midfield for Bowes, and he for me had to be there. Yeah, great show. Um, my deepest player in the middle, I went with Gary Deegan. I think Deegan was very good in that trotted midfield. I thought he really bullied, uh, the young Pat's midfield. You know, I think about twenty minutes in, he gave Alfie Lewis a proper tongue, and he sort of went missing for the rest of the game. Which is understandable, you know. I don't think anyone would want to tump off Gary Deegan. But um, uh, maybe not understandable. Maybe I'm being a bit too kind to him because he's a pass pair. But um, yeah, Gary Deegan's presence is very good. He has a good old leadership skill as well, to be fair to him. He's very good at um, challenging the troops, I guess. To, you know, really fight. And he really symbolises that Drogheda team and what they want to be this year. They've got leaders all over the pitch, to be fair. But Gary Deegan, although he's not the captain... He really brings his experience and his presence into that Drogheda midfield. So, yeah, he's my deepest yeah. midfielder. All right, John, second midfielder, fire. I also have Gary Deegan, actually. I, didn't, I forgot about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, the same as what you said. Really, I don't really have much to add to it. But, yeah, he played very well controlling the midfields for Drogheda. 
and he has to be in there for me. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, my second midfielder. I think I'll probably go with hmm, which one? I said I'll go with Kieran Hagen of Derry. Thought he was very okay. good. Uh, that's two Derry players now. I thought Kieran Hagen and uh, Owen Tall. You can probably say very similar things about the two of them. To be fair, although they're playing different positions, they're both inconsistent players this season, but have shown in previous years their quality. I, I find it weird how um, Kieran Harkin under Declan Devine, he, I don't want to sound too critical, but maybe he sort of took a back step. Like, he was that young kid on the block who was constantly getting first 11s, scoring a few goals from deep. And then ever since uh, Declan Devine came in, he found himself on the bench a bit more, maybe. So I think it's definitely a good thing for him that Declan Devine's gone, and obviously Roy Higgins has put a lot of faith into him. He's played him in every game since he's came in, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, this game was very good against Rovers. Against that Rovers midfield as well, it's hard to look good. So, fair play to Kieran Harkin. Definitely in my team. All right, final midfielder. I'd say you're going to have the same one as me. I've gone with Barry McNamee of yeah. Finn Harps. Obviously, he played very well against Dundalk and got that wonderful goal on his left foot. What a goal. Yeah. So there's really nothing else to say really. He was just a very good player this week, arguably one of the best all week. Yeah. So I've put him in. In that first half, Finn Harps were next level. I'm not sure if you watched the game back, but oh my god. Yeah. That Finn Harps first half performance. They look like Prime Barcelona, it was mad. <laughs> they were so good. Like Barry McNamee was absolutely amazing. I thought constantly he was just always showing up with touches and the edge of the box, really getting things going. So, fair play to him, top player. Um, probably showing, reeling back the years, I guess you could say, to his first at the Derry scoring wonder goals like that. So, that's the three midfielders done for Bowers. Do you want to just quickly tell us your three midfielders, John? Uh, I've got, I have Deegan, Buckley and McNamee. Yeah, nice one. And I have Harkin, McNamee and Gary Deegan as well. All right, so, now front three. I found front three pretty hard to choose, to be honest. Mm. I didn't think that was a standout striker, and then I thought there was too many standout wingers, if anything. So, we'll go right midfield first, let's say. Who's your right okay. midfielder? I've gone with Koosh from Bowes, a right wing. I thought he played well for them. I, am I right? I'm not certain, but I think he got the goal for them. Yeah, he got well. his goal. Yeah. yeah. I thought he played an overall good performance at the weekend. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think the two Bowles wingers are very good. They're proper goal-scoring wingers, yeah. which is very handy. Very lucky for Bowles, considering Georgie Kelly probably won't pick up too many goals for them this season. So they're definitely lucky that they have, you know, Ali Koo. Um, they obviously have Tyreek Wilson, who's deeper as a fullback. Dawson Devoy, Keith Ward, who can play out there. So, yeah, they're definitely pretty strong. Um, in wide areas, obviously, they got Aluwu. Alua or Alua <laughs> uh, to come back anyway yeah. so a lot of options out wide uh, I'd say probably Ali Coote wouldn't be a natural winger I think he'd probably be a natural maybe in behind oh, the striker maybe yeah yeah so he's definitely doing a great job there mm. so full respect to him anyway definitely in the team no doubt now yeah. left mid who's your left mid the other Bowes midfielder as you said <laughs> yeah first I think I How did can't remember first? I think he got a goal as well, but yeah, yeah, fair. he both both wingers have been very good recently, and once again, Bert's getting in my team. Yeah, I think 
as a Pats fan, I'm pretty worried. You know, Liam Burr <laughs> might absolutely skin John Mountain next week. And I'm hoping that he doesn't. I really am. But, yeah, he's a top player. You know, obviously, once again, like the the example that I used for Wilson, you know, coming from these big academies at Celtic and Rangers, his fundamentals and his technique is so good. Like, it really is amazing, to be fair. So, yeah, definitely. And his pace, oh, my days. Pace and one-on-one. Like, I would not like to be a fullback. Obviously, I'm a fullback, guys. And... Obviously, I wouldn't be playing anywhere near that level. But um, he's the type of player that you hate to play against. Just, you know, they can skin you and make you look so bad out wide. And they have pace to get around you as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, top player. All right, now, the focal point of the team, the striker. Who's your striker? I've gone with, once again, another Drogheda man. It's Chris Lyons of Drogheda. He obviously scored that amazing goal at the end of the first half to wrap up the game a bit more or less. That's Mark Dole. Time. Or was it fuck? Mark Dole scored the goal. Yeah, oh, but uh, Chris Lyons played well oh, anyway. Chris Lyons played well anyway, yeah. Yeah, but, so yeah. Uh, that's fair. Um, now, my striker, probably, there's two in contention, I would say. I was stuck between Adam Foley of Finn Harps and the other striker in that game, Mitz Kogan. So I eventually went with Mitch Cogan. I just thought he got his goal, which sort of sealed the deal. But both players are pretty good. Um, Miss Cogan obviously scored his goal, but apart from that, he really was working his socks off up front. And I don't think that can be said for a lot of the other thing, or a lot of the other Dundalk players, to be honest with you. So mm. yeah, full respect for Miss Cogan. Really putting a shift. So yeah, it really, really hasn't been Dundalk season. Yeah, definitely not. All right, so. And touched on a few of the results from last week. Now, finally, for this part of the show, we're going to next week. Obviously, there's a few juicy games next week, I have to say. Um, We'll go to Richmond Park first. You know, a huge game for Pats. Um, Obviously, they've lost two on the bench and probably were lucky to get a draw against Sligo. So, they play both or in flying form at the minute. You know, obviously, winning 4-0 to Finn Harps. That shows, you know, how good Bowes are that Finn Harris then went and got a draw against Dundalk so Bowes look to be at it now I think they've figured out how they want to play and they're really going to be attractive pads um, mm. what's your score prediction for this one? Um, I think it's going to be it's actually kind of tough you know because I do want to say my bias I do want my bias to come in but looking at a recent form it's not great and Bowes' form is amazing so I'm going to say a 2-0 Bowes win. Yeah, I wouldn't be that pessimistic just because I think although Pats haven't done amazing in the last two games, there's still going to be a bit of optimism from before them games and even that Rovers game. Still a lot mm. of positives to take from it. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a one all, but I can see Bowes taking charge if Pats give them the space and let them play how they let Drogheda play. I think mm. that midfield for Bowes could definitely run the game and them two wingers, like I said, could be problems for the Pats fullbacks. But anyway, yeah, I'll set up for a one all draw. Mm. Um now the RSC. They're looking very go ahead. Yeah, I think it will. It's after two weeks. Okay. So um the COVID is all being cleared. Yeah. So obviously Warford 
you know, their first team has only been training now a few days. And before that, they had to wait, I think it was 10 or 11 days before they could start playing again and start training. So they're not going to be... You'd hope that they'd be doing a bit of fitness in their gaff. But um, probably not at 100%. Lack of match fitness anyway. Yeah, 100%. So I can see Derry win this game. I went with a 2-0. Mm. What have you gone for? I've gone with a 4-0. Oh, wow, well, yeah. Yeah. That's, I can definitely see that, to be fair. Yeah, just, I just I just don't see Waterford doing it if they're only back. Yeah, that's a fair point, to be fair, yeah. I can definitely see it being a bit more. But as well, you might have a bit of faith in Waterford that they would want to get on the pitch and would want to run their socks off if they're not playing for two weeks. So it's, a, it's an interesting one to predict. Definitely a hard anyway. one to predict, actually. Now... Yeah. This is the tastiest game, I have to say. Over to Oreo Park. The two former Titans in this league. You have Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers. Obviously, Rovers are still definitely up there. But um, Dundalk have fallen off a bit this season. Um, how do you see this one going? Because I think I have a pretty controversial shout for this game. I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Yeah. I think Dundalk know their season hasn't been great. But coming up against Rovers, they... Showed their class really, and like not for the full game against Rovers last time, but they did show it. And I think they will come at home as well. I think they'll be able to scrape a draw against Rovers. I have a feeling, I got a freak feeling, that Dundalk will just show up in this game and produce this Dundalk of all and all the all the players that came in from abroad who really just want to give one hundred and ten percent and just really go for this game. So. I'm a few Rovers fans killing me, but um, I'm gonna go two one Dundalk. I don't know why. That'd be great chance. for Pats anyway. Yeah, and Sligo. And, Sligo, and even yeah. and even Dundalk, it would definitely help them in their European hunt now. Yeah. yeah. So um, definitely a bit of a weird one, but it all depends on the individuals for Dundalk. If they come together, um, could definitely cause an upset in this one, and as well. I think it's fair to say that Shamrock Rovers weren't the best against Derry. Uh, no Shamrock Rovers players in either of our team of the weeks. So that sort of shows the lack of maybe invention uh, and progression in that system. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a 2 1 from Darkwing. Definitely not biased either. Yeah, definitely not sure. <laughs> like, I have a feeling that the Dark could be closer to Pats than Rovers this season. So, if anything, I would have went for a Rovers win. Um. All right, so second last game. Um, I need to know as well, actually, that Dundalk and Rovers is on Saturday. The first two. Oh, no, actually, my bad. They're all on Friday. Yeah. This is a bit annoying, because, you know. Three of them are core trade. Yeah, you sort of like to have them spread out. Yeah. So it's definitely a bit annoying. Like, I would have loved to watch that Dundalk-Rovers game. Hopefully, they pass both games at the same time. No, it's a core six to pass one, so you can watch Perfect. <laughs> love to see that. So... Anyway, one of the games that's on the court today, along with the Dundalk Rovers game, has been Harps against Strada. Two teams that probably we would have expected to be a bit lower in the table. So definitely both overperforming. So how do you see this one going? It's actually a really good matchup. I think if you take away Dundalk Rovers, I think it's better than Pats and Bohemians, to be honest, just because of where they both are in the table. They're fourth and fifth. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a very interesting match. I think... It's going to be 2 1 to draw it up. But I think Finars will be close to a draw or even a win. 
I'm going to go with a one hit, one nothing Harps win. I don't know why. I just think they are going to grind out like a proper Finn Harps, you know, dirty performance <laughs> where they they score a goal from a corner or a free kick or a long throw in yeah, and just sit conditions. back. Yeah, they better hope this rain continues because, you know, they'll definitely value the rain and the mm. the greetiness that comes with it. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with a one off in Harris win. Ollie Horgan will be well pleased. He'll be dancing in the rain. So, <laughs> now, final game. So, Sligo against Longford. What's your opinions on this one? Uh, well, last time, obviously, it was quite a close game, which I didn't expect. But... Uh, I just I just don't see Sligo losing. I know they've had a match off because of the COVID cases in Waterford, but I think this will be a pretty comfortable win for Sligo. So I've said three one. Yeah, I sort of agree with what you said there. I can see a two Sligo win. I think it will be comfortable, like you said. I think Sligo will just show their class. Um, Longford probably won't threaten too much, and just Sligo will be nice and calm and get the job done mm. so that's all the the previews done now finally Jonathan just before we transition to the second segment of the show if you could choose one game for a neutral to watch what game is it well I'm going to go with the outside show I said obviously everyone's going to choose Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers yeah. but, so if you don't want to watch that Finn Harps and draw it at the same time looks to be a good matchup as an outside shot yeah, but to be fair, let's be real, you're crazy if you don't watch that Dark Rovers game. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I went with that. That's the only reason I didn't go with that one, to be fair, though. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, 100%. That would be a good game, too. But we can't argue. The two teams are probably the the best players, like individual players, I'd have to say. Obviously, mm-hmm. Dark haven't been able to find um, a bit of communication and teamwork. But, you know, if you look at the player for player, definitely the two strongest in the league. So Definitely. it'll be interesting. It should be a great game. They always are, to be fair. I always enjoy the Rovers to the Dark games. There's always a lot of quality on show. Mm. So hopefully it'll be more of the same now for this one. And hopefully my prediction will be right. My yeah. dodgy little 2-1 to the Dark show. Yeah. So anyway, cheers for listening to this part of the show, guys. Now we'll cut to the interview with Carl Cook. Stay tuned, guys. It should be a very, very good part of the show. Um, so with that said thanks for joining me for this part Jonathan no problem and I'll probably talk to you again next week probably yeah see ya see ya how's it going guys welcome back to the second part of the League of Ireland Zone podcast and for this second part of this episode we're joined by our special guest Kyle how are you doing I'm good thank you mate how are you um, all good Kyle that's so, cool. obviously, we're still here with Jonathan. Jonathan, Hello. you ready for this part of the show? Yeah. You're happy to have this special guest on? <laughs> it's amazing, to be honest. <laughs> All right, so we'll go right into the questions, Kyle. So the first question I have for you, you know, a lot of people might know who you are and what you do. So if you can describe what you do quickly and, you know, uh, yeah. who you play for and your position and that sort of thing. Perfect. Yeah, my name is Cole Cook. I'm an 18-year-old goalkeeper from Ireland. I currently play for Waterford FC under-19 and first team. I'm, I'm documenting my journey to professional football on YouTube as well as TikTok. Um, I've played, this is my third season playing League of Ireland. I used to play as a winger or a striker up until I was about 13 and a half. Um, I went on goal then. I'm a, I'm a goalkeeper for about four years and seven months. Perfect, Kyle. So, um, 
first of all, I think we'll get into, you know, your social media aspect of the League of Ireland because uh, it's fair to say not many people really have an outlook on the League of Ireland like that. So it's very unique. Yeah. Um, fair play to you. You know, it's a great okay. idea, to be fair. I've seen a lot of your TikToks and your YouTube videos, and it's very interesting. Um, it just yeah. shows how much work these players put in, like yourself. So, uh, yeah. first of all, fair play to you. Um, Thank you what very gave much. You the idea? What gave you the idea to make these videos on TikTok and YouTube? Um, I, I was always a fan of watching YouTube and watching kind of other football YouTubers, and, and I, I think they kind of inspired me to do my own. And I think a big part of it was my work ethic and my mindset. It was like, why can't I on my journey and like show people what hard work really is because like i've been working really really hard like waking up at 4 or 5 a.m for about two years now like even when i was in school and i was just thinking why am i doing this like just for myself why can't i help other people while i'm also on this journey so if i can help and inspire other people that's that's a win-win for me and for them because lighting someone else's candle is not going to burn mine out so I just thought that with my mindset, with my work ethic, I can really inspire a lot of people, especially the younger, the younger um, like generation of 13, 14, 15, that you don't need to be talented because I don't think I was talented, but I've now come to look talented because I put in the work. And I think that's what I want to show. I want to show the 13, 14, 15 year olds that if you're not good right now, if you're, if you're not an amazing footballer, if, if you do have bad games, of course we all do that it's okay. If you work hard, you can still be very, very successful. So that's the kind of, that's the whole aspect behind my social media is to inspire and show people that hard work can really get you amazing places and that you just, you don't just need talent. Yeah, that's very admirable. I think uh, a lot of people definitely take a lot of inspiration from, you know, your videos. And I'm sure for people that maybe don't even play football, it can also yeah. be interesting to see, you know, what players in the League of Ireland get up to. Because, mm. you know, it's clear that, you know, you treat it very seriously, rightly so, you know, you're yeah. at a very high level. Yeah. And uh, it definitely shows people how good the footballers, the next generation of footballers in Ireland are really going to be. Because I think, you know, personally, we're going to sort of step into like a golden generation of uh, Irish players now at this stage with a, a good under-21 side now at this stage. And yeah. obviously the League of Ireland setup has evolved a lot more, especially at underage. So, okay. um yeah, I think it's great stuff. Jonathan, do you have anything to add for that side of things? Any other questions you want to ask? Not really, to be honest. I think Carl really answered everything in from one question. <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously, Carl, you know, you're very talented with what you do uh, on social media. Yeah. But the, the main side uh, to you and what you do is your football. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of that wouldn't really be possible if you weren't playing football and trying so hard and really putting in all the effort. So, um. How did you first get into Underage League of Ireland? Um, I remember, I obviously like when I was a winger and striker, I, I, I was never kind of at a good level. Um, I was just playing with my local club. Um, kind of lost all belief in myself. So that's when I went as a goalkeeper. Um, and so I, I played two years for my local club, and it was just kind of that's that kind of transfer window of coming into the new season after me being a goalkeeper for two years, training with my goalkeeper coach. And he was like, why don't you try out for, for League of Ireland? So he rang Waterford, um, Waterford um, under-17s and asked them, could I go in for a trial? And they wouldn't bring me in for a trial at all. So then we saw that Wexford had open trials. So I went to Wexford open trials. Um, I signed for them that season. And I, I was with Wexford for two seasons. Um, the first season, I won Player of the Year. Second season, I was nominated for Player of the Year. And then this, this brings me to this season, which I signed for Waterford. 
but I'll actually tell you this funny, like this mad story. At the start of my League of Ireland season, in pre-season, in my first League of Ireland season, I, I was not very good at all. But I ended up winning player of the year. And I remember my goalkeeper coach telling me that night of the awards, saying that during pre-season, he was going to his managers, why did we sign this guy? Because I was <laughs> that bad. And then I ended up winning player of the year. And I think that just goes to show the amount of improvements you can make in such a short amount of time with like hard work. Um, so I just thought that was kind of funny that he, he said that to me at, at the award. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. It shows, yeah. obviously, joining a new team can be hard for everyone. Like, you know, yeah. it takes a while to build up your confidence and so I get used to players around you. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, fair play to you. Obviously, you've moved now to yeah. Waterford. So how would you describe your two years at Wexford before you move on to Waterford? Fantastic, fantastic. I, I really, really enjoyed my time there. Um, I think the first year, I... I the, it was always, it's always tough going to go into League of Ireland, going to, stepping up into a higher level. But Wexford really made me feel like, maybe, maybe really made me feel welcome and kind of reassured me that you can develop here, you can improve. Because obviously, when I first went in, I wasn't very good. So they reassured me that they would develop me, they would improve me, and it kind of gave me that confidence of being patient with myself because I, I, I didn't have much experience at the time. But when Wexford did take that chance on me and playing at a higher level than I probably was at the time really really improved me um so that first year uh, I, I had a really good relationship with all the coaches and all that and, and as, as well in the second year the second year we had a whole new kind of different staff and i had different managers different goalkeeper coaches um i still talk to like to some of my coaches to this day we chat like we catch up on phone calls messages um i, I really really enjoyed my time work so yeah yeah, that's brilliant. It just shows how like intertwined League of Ireland as a community are because obviously you've moved on from Wexford now. Yeah. And yet you can still keep contacts with your Wexford managers oh, and coaches, which is brilliant. It's great stuff. Yeah. Um, so obviously now you've moved on to Waterford. Um, was there a big change in quality from moving from Wexford to Waterford or is it more like of a similar level or what's the story there? I definitely think that the quality, um, I, it definitely was a step up, but... I don't know if that's because I was under 17 and then I went up to under 19. Yeah. Like, it's kind of hard to compare with under 17 and on an under 19 team, if that makes sense. But definitely in the first team, there definitely is that step up. I, I definitely noticed that with the first team. Um, just kind of the tempo and and not not only the tempo, but if you if you do make a silly mistake or give away a pass or you're not on it, they just, they'll let you know and. and Mm-hmm. And you will you will feel bad for making a mistake or doing something bad because it's just it's really cutthroat, especially in that professional level. Yeah. If you're on a team or even a small side of games and give the ball away, like the players are gonna let you know because they want to win every 50-50, every ball, they want to win every small side of the game. So that really is a lot of pressure on. Yeah, hundred percent. I guess that's probably a, a big difference between underage and professional yeah. men's football, you know. In the men's football, you're playing for points, I guess. Yeah. You know, whereas in underage, the main emphasis on is on development. Definitely. So, um, is it fair to say that you're training with the men's team now? Yeah. I know. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, how are you taking inspiration from, you know, legends like Darl Horgan and Brian Murphy, who obviously plays in your position? Sorry, yeah. Darl oh. Murphy, my bad. Yeah. No, uh, Brian Murphy is actually my cousin. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and he's had a fantastic career. And I, I, I remember... I have a I have a photo of me being a mascot for him when he played for Bowles and they won the league. And from being mascot to him to now training with him full time, like what? Like and I I was only eight or nine at the time, which is a mad story. But like looking up to him all the time when I you know just started out as a goalkeeper and I, I went to his games when he played for Cardiff and 
like it, it, he really was a big inspiration for me and to now come in to train with him full time and actually learn off him like for me from me looking up to him at a really young age now we actually in with him training and competing with him it really is a special feeling for me and i remember the first training session i had with him and we were in the small side of games and we were swapping and i was out and he was in i was just staring at him in awe because i was like, like i'm looking up to this guy on social media on his games oh, oh. and now i'm actually training with him learning off like i've learned so much off him like so much the experience he has has been amazing and he's been really good to me and it's the same with Darren murphy and kind of a lot of the older players like they'd always come over and chat me like i was having lunch with Darren murphy the other day sound out you know like really making me feel welcome so it's really been amazing and uh, and everybody you know, has made me feel really good especially especially the older players welcoming me like it's, it's been amazing yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. You know, although you might have probably a younger side in the League of Ireland when it comes yeah. to the men's side, it's clear yeah. that a lot of players have great experience. And it just Definitely. shows, you know, not everything you hear in the media is true because I think it's fair to say Waterford might have been getting a bit of bad press recently. And oh, yet, they're still, yet they're still doing all this amazing stuff behind the scenes that people don't yeah. know about. So, um, yeah, it just shows, you know, you only hear about the bad side of things. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so obviously now recently, uh, you probably made headlines. A lot of people were scratching their heads a couple of weeks ago when um, you, along with uh, a lot of your under-19 squad, you played against Drogheda United in the ORC, yeah. the men's team. Yeah. So what was that experience uh, like for you playing against a men's senior team? Amazing. It, it was unbelievable. It really was. Like I remember leading up to the game, like I wasn't really... Like, obviously, there's always going to be a little bit nervous, but it wasn't like, oh, this is big. Like... I remember the warm-up, the goalkeeper coach asking me at the end of it, how you feeling? I said, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready. Like, because when you put in so much work, it's like, it's not even like what will happen. It's like whatever happens, happens. Because like I went into that game knowing that I've done all my preparation throughout all the years, throughout all the weeks, months, days. I've done everything I could to have a, an amazing game here today. So whatever happens, happens. I've done everything I could to kind of perform. So I was going into the game relaxed, looking forward to it. Um, obviously, the scoreline didn't go our way, but that's 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 goalkeeping for you. Um, but an amazing experience coming up against players that have been playing football before some of us are even born, which is mind-blowing. Um, so it definitely, definitely was an amazing experience. An experience that came away that I learned a lot and I learned the kind of the level that I need to be at very soon. Yeah, it's a great taster for you to just, you know, yeah. even be sharing the pitch with players like Chris Lyons and, you know, Mark Doyle, Gary Deegan, you know, they've all done so much. Oh, um, yeah. how, is it, how is it like trying to keep a clean sheet against the likes of Mark Doyle and Chris Lyons? <laughs> I, I went into it expecting to keep a clean sheet. I don't know if that's uh, my delusion is coming into play. No, or, of course not. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was always going to be difficult, you know what I mean? Like, they, they really just, their experience showed and our inexperience showed as well. Uh, we actually have only been training for a few weeks before that, or and they've been playing games, and we haven't even played a game yet, which is like before that, which is crazy. Um, but it was definitely good. Like and fair play to, to some of the draw lads. Like after I made a few good saves, like a few of them came up to me and said, "Great save!" And you know, oh, as, a, as a young goalkeeper, like we, like, I appreciate that because it's like almost kind of getting that. Wow, like I, I, I've seen him on telly before, and now he's telling me a great save. Like it was like a good confidence boost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, fair play yeah. to them for kind of doing that with us young lads, and and even the manager, and I think it was our captain, 
came into our dressing room at the end and just kind of consoling us and, and just is telling us how well we've done and how it was always going to be tough. So, like, I have a lot of respect for Drogheda after that. Yeah, that's a touch of class. I think Drogheda are definitely run the right way, you know, and it's starting to pay off. Yeah. Uh, they got a, one, a win against Pats. I'm sure you've yeah, already know about amazing. that. That was a big, big surprise. Yeah. yeah, so that just shows how professional they are. Yeah. Because, you know, although they mightn't be a, a team that trains in the mornings and, you know, everyone is just solely based on football, yeah. You know, when it comes time to turn it on, they definitely turn it on, to be fair. Yeah. Although, I, uh, although I do get a lot of hate on TikTok now for that 7-0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm always reminded of it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I think it's understandable anyway. First game, yeah. like you said, haven't played in a long time. Yeah, exactly. So, um, tell me, I think you were you were down to play Sligo, was it? And then it got uh, cancelled, is it? Is it cancelled? Yeah. Is that official now? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, were you annoyed that that game got cancelled? Were you looking forward to playing it or...? Yeah, I was definitely looking forward to playing that. Obviously, like, obviously it was going to be tough because Sligo, you know, arguably are a better side than Drogheda, like, kind of on the table and stuff like that, on paper. Um, so the, I think the fear was us going in and getting beaten 12, 13, 14 nil. Like, that would just, it wouldn't do the players any good, like, as in confidence-wise or uh, some people were saying that it would be more of a bad experience than a good experience for us, but... Like that's what I read on Facebook anyway. I, I would have wanted to go in anyway, no matter what the scoreline would have been. Environment and get that second game in, like that experience, that ninety-minute experience of playing in, in a game where it, their their professional players coming up against us and kind of making sure that if if we can if we can at least. Do well, some way decent against a professional side. We can do really well, really well against an under nineteen side. So even if we went in and got hammered, we're taking that experience into the under nineteen side. So I was very disappointed when when it didn't it didn't go ahead. But it is understandable. I, I do see where the other players are coming from, or the other whoever made the decision. I'm, I'm not sure who made the decision, but I do see where they're coming from. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think it is a hard one to decide on what to do with yeah. that game. I Obviously, I can understand your frustration, but then I can also understand yeah, why they responded. Exactly, again. definitely. So, definitely. Yeah, it was definitely a hard decision for them to make. Oh, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So now, obviously, you have your under nineteen season. That's what that will kick off soon enough, anyway. Yeah. So, what are your aspirations for that season? Are you going to win the league, or is the main emphasis on development? Definitely. Um, we're we're, we're going to go and try and win the league. I, I definitely think we have the quality to do it. Um, our manager said that at the start of the season. He said, "Like we have the quality, we like we do have a big chance of of going on a win." And I think that is our a big focus for us. Um, because like why not go in, in into the season with that with that expectation? Because like we've had that really good experience now of coming up against professional players and against first team squads that we can take that now into the under 19s and what we learned. And I just think that. Why not back ourselves and really go for it? Of course, there's going to be development coming in. Like a big, a big thing for us is encouraging each other. Like our, our staff don't really like it, like it when we give out about mistakes to other players. It's all about encouragement and kind of learning, which is really, really good environment to be in because it gives you that understanding of okay, if I make a mistake, I can learn from it and not actually be given out to like not given out to, but as in like unnecessarily like getting abuse. Then, like as you would in the first team. In the under 19, it's a little bit less than that. It's like, okay, why did you make a mistake? Learn from it. It's not too bad, okay? Whereas in the first team, it's like, don't make that mistake again. Like, you cannot yeah. do that. So, I think there is a little bit more emphasis on, on development. But we, we do want to win the league. Like, of course we do. 
Um, but yeah, no, there is that little bit of element of development, but there's also that aspiration of winning the league. So there's a bit of, a bit of both in there. Yeah, cheers. I think um, yeah, it's very clear that, you know, that was stand to you then as the under-19s league progresses. Yes. You know, none of them players at under-19 level will be playing um, with them sort of players. And obviously, you're training with the senior team day in, yeah. day out, as you say. Like, that doesn't happen at a lot of League of Ireland clubs. So that's another aspect yeah. of experience that will come to you and you know, obviously your reward for players that are training with the first team too. Exactly. 100%. Um, yeah. So, first of all, uh, Kyle, I appreciate all your time. I think we should end it with a few quick-fire questions, if you wouldn't Perfect. mind. Let's go. So, so, what's the best underage team, apart from Waterford, obviously, uh, yeah. for your age group? <laughs> um, oof. I'll go with Rovers. Perfect. Who's the best player you've played against at underage football? Uh, Sinclair Armstrong. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Who's the best player you've played against men's football? Oof. Um, from like probably Brian Murphy. Uh, that's in training, yeah. if you get me. Yeah, of course. All right, and now lastly, if you could tell you know neutral people that wouldn't be uh, too up to date about the under nineteen league, about three Waterford players to uh, watch out for in the coming years, who are they? On the under nineteen team. Yeah, um, I have to back myself. Um, <laughs> of course. Graham O'Reilly. Yeah. And Keen Brown. Perfect. So I think everyone would have to look forward to them in the upcoming years. Yeah, um, Appreciate your time, Carl. That was great. And I appreciate you, very much. I appreciate you bringing me on. I, I really do. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Carl. All right. No cheers, Jonathan. Cheers, Carl. Cheers, so, John. We'll have a, See you. Cheers, we'll have a new you. episode now next week. Thanks, Carl. Cheers, Ad.